not a technician, but I just hit the on button. I want to be connected tonight. I want to be connected. I want to be turned on by Lord Jesus Christ. And God is good. Uh, it's Thursday night. Um, I'm thankful to be here tonight. You know, Thursday nights are, you know, a little bit past midweek. And um, sometimes they can be a little rough, a little bit, a little bit heavy at times. But this is where I want to be. I want to be right here in the house of God because this is where I belong. There's no other place I'd rather be than here tonight. There's many other things that I could have been doing in the past, but I'm not doing those things today. And I'm thankful that, that we have men of God here tonight. That, and, uh, and I also want to say this tonight. Let's keep our, uh, our elder in prayer. Um, a lot of the youth are gone traveling to youth conference. Uh, let's keep lifting them up in prayer and believing that the Lord's doing great things in their lives tonight. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. Um, God can, he can, he can work in your life. And, and I'm thankful for that. I've seen that. And, um, you know, uh, it's going to be awesome to watch these young people grow and develop and watch them begin to reach other people. You know, because that's what this is about. It's, okay, God, where do I want me next? We are an extension of the body of Christ, reaching, reaching, reaching. And I'm believing that that's what these young people are taking in. They're going to begin reaching also, reaching their friends at school, other kids. Their, and their parents, they may even talk to their own parents. But tonight, let's stand if we could, please. And, uh, you know, tonight uh, I would just ask that we would open our spirit tonight and be, have a spirit that's open and willing to receive what God has for us tonight because he has something for you tonight. Lord Jesus, we just open our spirit to you tonight, God. Lord, I would ask tonight that you would open our understanding, Lord, so that you would be able to pour in what you desire to put into us tonight. I would submit my every thought to you tonight, Lord. I would cast every care of the weak upon you, Lord. Every distraction, God. Every anxiety tonight. Every fear, Lord. I would cast it upon you, God, that it would have no place in our life tonight. I pray your ministry to Lord tonight. I pray an anointing here, God. Anoint the ears of the hearer tonight. Anoint the eyes, Father. Give them eyes to see what it is that you desire. I desire you to speak into my life. Lord, when you say go, I say okay. Lord, I desire to fulfill your purpose tonight. I desire to fulfill your will, to be in alignment with what you want. Lord, it's you, Jesus. It's all about you tonight, God. I don't want to just go through the motions, Lord. Lord, I worship you, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you tonight. I'm thankful to you, Father. I worship you because you are God. I praise you tonight. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy of my worship tonight. You are worthy of my praise, Jesus. There is none like you, God. There is none beside you, Father. I give you thanks, Jesus. I give you honor. I give you glory because you are worthy of it. Oh, Lord, I worship you, God. I thank you, Jesus. Faithful God, mighty God, holy God. I thank you for what you're doing, Father. I want to go where you're taking us tonight, Lord. I want to be a part of what you're doing, Lord. Lord, I want to be a part. I want to labor together with my brother. I want to labor together with my sister. In unity, Father. In unity in one accord. I pray a unity of spirit tonight. I pray your spirit tonight. Lord, I'm open to receive of you tonight. My spirit is open to you tonight. I love you. I praise you and I worship you. There is no love greater than yours tonight, God. Lord, I pray your rest upon your people tonight. I pray your strength tonight. 
I pray you would anoint the lips of this man of God tonight, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. In Jesus' name. Um, I'd like to uh, call a very uh, special man in my life today. I've got to know him for quite a few years now. And I was just reflecting on that a bit today. Um, how, he, how he came into my life. And uh, it was just through some interaction here with Bishop. And it was almost, almost bypassed. And um, Bishop had asked me, I think it was Bishop or Elder had asked me if I wanted to sit in an anger management class. And I was like, sure. I mean, am I doing the class or am I just, am I just sitting in there? I didn't know what was going on. I just know that what was asked of me. And I wanted to do what was asked of me. And I want to be obedient to the things that are asked of me. And so I went. And I didn't know that Brother Johnstone was going to have me sit next to him up front. I thought I was just going to sit in the seat. So I ended up sitting up front, and, and one thing transpired to the next, to the next, to the next. And I've been there now. I haven't, I'm not counting the days, but it's probably been over three years now, maybe, somewhere around there. And I'm just thankful for Brother Johnstone. I'd like to call Brother Johnstone up tonight if we could just open our spirits to the Word of God tonight and allow him to minister to you tonight. In Jesus' name. Let's just thank the Lord for his goodness right now. There's nobody like Jesus. Nobody like Jesus. Nobody that loves you like he does. Nobody that cares for you like he cares for you. There's nobody that knows where you're at like he knows where you're at, what you're going through, what you're dealing with in your life tonight. Father, thank you so much for loving us, believing in us, God, caring about us, Lord, and where we're at, what we're going through, what we're dealing with, God, where you're leading us tonight, God, in the Holy Ghost, Lord. And so we come to you tonight, God, believing for great things tonight, expecting great things in the Holy Ghost tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Give honor to Bishop. Good to see him here tonight. Um, I don't know how popular this subject is <laughs> that I'm about to preach, but it is an extremely necessary for us to understand obedience to God. Amen. Obedience to God. If you really want the blessings of God on your life and have the relationship that you desire to have, you've got to let him speak to you. And when he does, it's yielding to that and doing what he asks you to do. And uh, I want to look at that in scripture tonight. I've never taught this before in the realm that I'm going to tonight. Uh, but I felt when I was reading, um, and I started reading Matthew chapter 1 about a month ago, and the Lord really began to deal with me. But we're going to go to Exodus 19.5. We're going to read about three verses before I get to Matthew, okay? But it was just the Lord dealing with me and revealing some things to me um, that I thought were unique. Maybe I'm preaching to myself tonight, but hopefully this could be a blessing to someone else in just understanding what God is wanting to do in our lives. So Exodus chapter 19 and verse number 5, I just want to lay a little bit of a foundation tonight on what the Lord says about the importance of obeying Him. Are we in Exodus 19 and 5, okay. I may have give you the... Let me get there. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice. Children of Israel just come out of the land of Egypt. They're going into the wilderness. But there would be a key point for them to understand. I'm going to lead you through this. You've never been here before. You've never been in this place before in your walk with God in your life. And, and really, it was a brand new relationship for Israel because they were serving many other gods and, and now had cried out to God. God had heard their cry and was trying to reestablish the relationship that he wanted with Israel. But he said, the one thing you're going to have to do, you're going to have to listen to me. 
We all have a strong will, don't we? <laughs> and doing our own thing. But God, I want to do it my way. I'll, I'll, no, he didn't ask you to do it how you wanted it to be done. Or maybe you don't even want to do it. And saying, Lord, not me. I can't do that. But there has to come obedience. And he said, so obey my voice. Keep my covenant. Then shall you be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. God has blessings connected to obedience and my willingness to obey God. Let's go now to the Gospel of John, chapter 14, and verse 15 tonight. And uh, as we look into the Old Testament, now there's a lot of verses, about 100 verses on obedience, so we could go a lot of directions tonight. But I, I just want to use these first few verses. John chapter 14 and verse number 15. And uh, notice what the Lord helps us with there. If you love me, keep my commandments. I like what First John chapter 5 said. And, uh, and his commandments are not grievous. What he's asking me to do is for my best interest. Please understand, everything that God's taking you through is for your best interest in your relationship with him. Whether it is your health, whether it's your finances, whatever it may be, that blessing is God's going to lead me through it. He's going to show me the way to go, but I got to be obedient to what he's asking me to do. Let's go to Luke chapter 6 and verse 46. I, I got several verses I just wanted to read tonight that I think become important in kind of laying the foundation of where we're wanting to go. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Notice that question he's asking. Could we refer for just a moment into Matthew chapter uh, 7? Not everybody that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why? You really didn't do what I asked you to do. I honored my name when you laid hands on them. If you ask anything in my name, that will I do. That's not based on the individual. That's based on somebody had faith that you're praying for me. I believe God will heal me, deliver me, or whatever, and God honored that. That doesn't necessarily mean that that individual was where he needed to be. And we, you've heard Elder Hart talk about iniquity. That's doing my own thing. I'm doing this my way. I believe this is how it needs to be done. When God may be trying to lead you away from that, it may glorify the flesh. It may deal more with what, what you're, you know, I want people to see me or look at me. I, I like what it deals with in Isaiah 61, in that third verse there. Everything would be done for what? To glorify God. Amen. Glorify God. It's not about me. But it, and so it's about me just yielding to God and walking in that place that God is trying to bring me. Obedience is God's command. Obedience to God's commandment is a true sign of your love for God. And the only way you can know it if you're obeying God is by knowing what the Word of God says. How many people think they're doing the right thing and they're miles away from Scripture? So the true test upon where I need to be with God, am I lining up with Scripture? Do I have Bible for what I'm saying, what I'm doing, where I'm going? Is it scripturally correct? You know, we live in, it, in, in, a, in a church world, if I could use that terminology very loosely, but anything goes. Many today believe that you've got to dress like a gangbanger and preach as if you're a gangbanger in all the clothes like that so you could reach people. No, no. You've got to be what God asks you to be. I remember when God began to deal with me, I can't believe it, but it's about 40 years ago, <laughs> to start a drug and alcohol program and deal with all that it is. I've never done drugs in my life. I said, God, I've been around long enough, though, and I've been around it, and I've had people doing drugs beside me and everything else. They could spot a phony a mile away. They could tell a guy who had never done drugs. You know what the Lord responded to me? He said, he dealt with me. He said, all you need is the Holy Ghost. And if I would be obedient, 
So for almost 40 years now, we've been teaching this class, and I've had to rely on the Holy Ghost, not having a testimony of, of look where I've come from and look at all the drugs that I've done and everything that I've done. When I can understand, God will lead me in the Holy Ghost. I'm here to encourage somebody tonight. God's trying to lead you. You may be saying, I could never do a Bible study. I could never witness. I No, you can, but you got to rely on the Holy Ghost. It's not going to be you. It's going to be the Holy Ghost through you that will be ministering to the people. And so we, and notice my obedience. God said, I want you to talk to that man or that woman. Could be in a grocery store, could be somewhere. And we're going, oh, they don't want to go to church. They don't want to serve God. They, and we start making all the excuses instead of doing what? Just simply being obedient. I don't believe that people are afraid to share a testimony or witness to people. You know what you're afraid of? You're afraid of rejection. That's the reason we don't. Oh, no, Lord, if I talk to them, they'll. <laughs> no, how do you know? His ways are above my ways. His thoughts are above my thoughts. I've got to understand he's already prepared their heart. That's why he asked you and I to minister or witness to them. We're a second witness. God has already dealt with them. That's why he said, now I want you to speak to them. That becomes that second witness to that individual. But notice what it takes. It takes my obedience to God in order for that to happen. So i got to stay in the Word. I can't get outside the Word of God. And, and so in, in the Bible tells me everything about life. It tells me how to talk to people. It tells me how to live my life. It tells me how to dress a godly and holy way and, and modesty. And, and he helps me. He doesn't leave anything out when it comes to how to live. But I got to get in the scripture and study it out so I know, okay, God, I'm going to do this because I want to be pleasing in your sight. It's not about rules and regulations to me. It's about I want to please my heavenly father. And if it pleases him that I walk this way, dress this way, talk this way, and behave this way, that's what I want to do. And I'm walking in obedience when I allow that to happen. James chapter 1 verse 22 said, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Many times we can hear it, but we're not obedient to what God is asking me to do. Now, I understand in my walk with God, I kind of think a few times, not very many, but a few times, he was asking me to do some pretty hard things. Things that went against my grain. Things that were, really? You want me to do what? And go where? You're kidding, right? You're just trying to get my attention. He wasn't kidding. And he wasn't just trying to get my attention. He was trying to give direction trying to give me direction. When we get up in the morning and pray, uh, Lord, guide my steps, direct my steps, he said, okay, this is what I want you to do. Oh, no, not that. That's our human nature, isn't it? But what we've got to do is realize if we're going to pray and fast, my whole, if I could use this word, philosophy of serving God is, I can't sit on the sidelines. I, I got to be in the game. I got to be participating. I got to be doing a Bible study. I got to be witnessing somebody. I got, I'm praying God open a door. Let me minister here or let me minister there to these people on the job. And, and it's been awesome to have God open the doors and I'm, I'm interacting with men about the things of God on the job. I, uh, I may be retired from pastoring, but I'm not retired from ministry. <laughs> I'm still going to witness, still going to teach Bible study, still want to be involved in the kingdom because I believe that's God's plan for my life. I don't think you ever quit winning souls. I don't think you ever quit investing in people. And that's what you have to come to realize. There's not just a place I get to and it is over and it is done. It just doesn't happen that way. Um, I want to use an example tonight dealing with Joseph. But not the Joseph of the Old Testament. I want to deal with the Joseph of the New Testament. The Joseph of the Old Testament, there was a lot said about him from chapter 37 to chapter 49. In Matthew, I want to deal with the Joseph that about four times is all you heard from him. But he was referenced one time as Jesus' father when the Pharisees and stuff come after him. So here is a man that is not spoken a lot of. In fact, when you start digging in, you can't pull a whole lot up about his life. But I'm going to show you tonight four different times over a period of years that the Lord came to Joseph, spoke to him, and he obeyed the voice of God. 
interesting to me. Now, we understand that when the wise men got to Jesus, he was about two years old. I know when we do the drama, we got the baby in the manger, but <laughs> it had been about two years. The wise men didn't get there that quick. Not on camels. It just didn't happen, okay? And so at two years old, and the wise men come, and we're going to pick up Jesus again at the age of 12. You do not pick up Joseph again after the age of 12. Some things with the kingdom of God are for a season. John the Baptist was a season. You're going to be the forerunner, and then you're going to be beheaded, and it's going to be over. And now, I know that doesn't sound, you know, sign me up. Uh, <laughs> but John knew his place. He said, because I must decrease, and he must increase. So there was an understanding of his ministry. Now, I, I don't believe the Lord's going to have your head cut off by any means. But, but what if the Lord is going to use you in a certain way for a season? Could I allow that? Would I be obedient to that? Uh, the, the will of God for that time and purpose. So let's go to Matthew chapter 1. And I want to start reading in verse 18 tonight. Many men were used for a season and women throughout Scripture. But um, I find this interesting to me. And now the birth of Jesus was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, which means she was engaged to him and committed to him and could be with nobody else in Jewish custom, okay? Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. I'm going to ask you a question. How many men in here tonight, when you got engaged to be married, and your engaged to be married lady came to you and said, I'm pregnant? The reason I'm bringing this out, this was not an easy decision to yield to the voice of God. Notice, he's already, I believe he's in his mind. Well, she's not for me. Well, I could have her stoned, but, but I'm not going to do that. That's a little too cruel for me. You know what we'll do? We'll just do bill of divorcement. We'll kind of do this privately, and, you know, and I'm going to find a wife. I'm moving on with my life. Now, because the next verse, things are going to start to change. But I want to show you the mindset. Now, the reason I want you to see the mindset tonight is because sometimes we're in difficult places where we don't understand why is this happening? Why am I going through what I'm going? But God will give clear direction even in all of that. And God may ask you to work with something or deal with something because he's doing something bigger and greater than what you're seeing right now. Because at that time, Joseph couldn't see very far. I believe. He had to be very deeply hurt. I believe there would even be anger. He probably needed a class or two. Because uh, those things don't happen and people say, oh, yeah, not a big deal. No, they're crushed. They're devastated by what just happened in the news they got. And what do you mean the Holy Ghost over? What do you, what, really? You want me to buy in? Can't you do any better than that? Can't you at least tell me you got drunk and didn't know what you were doing or, or got high on drugs? Could you kind of give me something a little more to work with? Nope. Angel of the Lord came to me, started speaking to me. I would conceive of the Holy Ghost, and it's showing now, so it's real. It's the real deal. So I want you to understand this is the mindset. And Joseph, I believe, has got a hundred things going through his mind of how could this be, how embarrassing this is going to be. And when people, I got to tell people, well, you know, uh, something happened somewhere went south. Next verse. Behold, while he thought on these things. That's why I know he had some things going through his mind. And he's as human as you and I. And you and I would have a lot of questions and things on our mind. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, everybody say saying. saying. See, God's going to speak to him now. He's going to talk to him about what he wants him to do. Now, you do understand Joseph's going to make a choice to either obey God or disobey God. 
Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to, to, uh, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him uh, his wife. Now, notice, I'm going to title this here verse, if you let me, acceptance. I can accept this. You have spoken to me. I can accept this for my life. Still not clear on everything. Still not know why we're doing that. But God, I accept the direction you're giving me. I accept the mission you're sending me on. I accept the challenge that is coming in this way. You and I have to come to that place. I have to accept this. He's not going to make me do what he wants me to do. That has to come by obedience. Joseph, I believe, could have said, no way. You know how many people are going to make fun of me? They're already starting. Talks are already going through town. Little bitty town and in, 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 in a town of poor people. It's already going through. So notice what he had to do. Same thing you and I do. Sometimes you're going to have to push some things out of your mind. So that I can stay focused on the voice of God. He's the only one who knows the end from the beginning. He already sees the entire picture. Already knows what he wants. I don't. See why obedience many times has to be a walk of faith? Okay, God, I don't know where this is going and how this is really going to unfold, but I know your voice, and I know that you're speaking to me, so I'm willing to receive this and take her as my wife. Okay, so there was acceptance. Let's go to Matthew 2, verse 13 and 14. Now, we're a couple years down the road now, and uh, the angel of the Lord is going to come for the second time. I told you there before tonight. He's going to come for the second time, and he's going to speak to Joseph again, okay? And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. Be, thou there, be there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. There was obedience to the word of God. This obedience I'm going to label as safety. They would be safe because Herod was going to have all the male children killed two years and under. And so the Lord said, I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen. I'm going to talk to Joseph. Now, he could have said, I'm not moving. I'm not leaving. But see, there was a willingness because he knew the voice of God. If you don't know anybody else's voice, I would encourage you tonight, you need to know the voice of God. The voice of God. That you can have that clear direction and that faith that needs to be taken. So there has to come that safety, that part of, of allowing God to work in our lives. Let's go to Matthew 2, 19 through 21. Again, the Lord is speaking to him and there is coming obedience because of it. And when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. Okay? And he arose and took the child, the young child, and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. Notice what happened. God was giving him direction now. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. And there would be that direction. He's hearing the voice of God, and he's allowing God to give him direction. I would venture to say safely here tonight, 
100% of the adults in this place, we've sought direction from God, haven't we? I need your direction, God. I'm not moving until you speak. I'm not moving until you show. I'm not doing anything until you give me direction. How about praying for a job? Anybody pray for direction? God, what's the right job? Where do you want me? What are the hours that you want in that? What if you're going to get married? You better have some direction from God. Is this the right person? Is this what you need to do? And direction, you get direction from the Lord. God doesn't withhold anything from you. You know, the scripture said, they that wait upon the Lord. And boy, are we impatient. We don't like that word, wait. Tell me now. I want to know right now. You can't handle it right now. Lord's got to work some things through in your life, and then you may be able to handle it. Now, some things come quickly, don't they? Sometimes the Lord moves on our heart, gives an instant direction. This is what we do, and we're obedient to it. You've got to understand, Joseph isn't seeing the big picture. We've read the book of Matthew. We kind of know where it heads and all that's going to take place. But what I wanted to do tonight dealing with Joseph is... There's not, he's not one of the main characters in Scripture. He's not a Peter. He's not an apostle Paul. You can't, I, I can't find one place he witnessed anybody. I can't see where he really affected anybody's life in the city, in Nazareth, or in Egypt, or anything. But his simple obedience to God got his name in the Bible. Simply doing what God asked him to do. So it becomes important when we come to this place of, of allowing God to give me direction uh, in, in jobs, in marriage, in family, in anything where you're needing God to speak to you. I hope the longer that we live for God, what, there's verses that I struggled with in my young walk with God. And in John chapter 15, he says, you can do nothing without me. I kind of struggled with that. I, said, I can go to work. I can get up. I can do this. I can do that. I mean, really? I don't believe that anymore. I might have believed that as a young man in the church. Now I say, God, I don't have the talent. I don't have the ability. I don't even have the know-how. But I'm counting on you, Father, that you're going to talk to me. You're going to help me with whatever I'm dealing with. You're going to tell me how to handle what I'm dealing with. And then i got to be obedient once you speak to me about how this needs to be handled or what this needs to do so I can fulfill your plan in my life, not mine. takes a lot to do that, doesn't it, where I'm willing to allow God to work. Let's go to the fourth one, Matthew chapter 2, verse 22 and 23. So in four chapters over a period of years, the Lord has spoken to him and uh, given him direction, putting him in a place of safety. See, you and I don't know why God would have us do certain things, and it may simply be based on safety. I want you in a safe place in your walk with God. I want you in a safe place in this, this situation that you're in. So by the obedience to God. You know, many men in Scripture struggled. You know, Abraham, you're going to have a son. Yeah, I'm 75. I think it still can happen. And the Lord makes him wait 25 more years. He don't think it can happen now. See, God's asked people to simply be obedient. And believe I'm going to have a child when all the odds are against me. Why did Isaac be born? I believe number one was a promise. Number two, Abraham kept believing. Against odds, against nature, against a lot of things. He was willing to believe that God could do the supernatural. There's a lot of times in Scripture that God goes outside the realm, if I could use this terminology here, of common sense. Now, I believe in common sense. There's some places where it takes some common I just wouldn't go knock down a bee's nest, for example, and stand under it. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to hit it and run. That's common sense. <laughs> the thing's got to come down. I'm going to be on the move when I go by. So some things that we look at in Scripture don't make common sense. What God told Abraham, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Uh-uh. Mm -mm. They've killed every prophet you sent there, and I like life. I like breathing. I enjoy life. You know, I think I'll go to Joppa. There's, that's a really nice place, and it's a long ways away. But three days in a whale's belly, day and night. I tell you, the five senses didn't work there. It stunk. 
Could you imagine grabbing an intestine as that heart's beating on that fish? Dark, you can't see anything. See, God doesn't work in the realm of your five senses. God doesn't always work in the realm of what we call common sense because sometimes we'll say, well, that don't even make any sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense to me, but it makes all the difference to God who's guiding and directing my life. So sometimes step back and walk away from our common sense that we would use to handle many problems or situations. That's why we have to step back and say, Lord, what's your will in this? What's your plan in this? Is this what you want me to do? Is this the job you want me to take? Is this the thing you want me to do? See what I'm saying? And, And then I have the mind of God. I think... All of us have been spanked by God numerous times. <laughs> and if you haven't, hang on. <laughs> because we did it our way. God was trying to give direction, sharing with us what he wanted. And we felt we had a better answer. We had a better solution. Our common sense was, was working really against us. Okay? So many things. Can you imagine Jehoshaphat's going to go out to battle in in 2 Chronicles chapter 20? He's going to go out to battle. And uh, he's in prayer and fasting before the Lord. And the Lord said, okay, this is what I want you to do. Send out the worship team. Now, if you was a soldier, you may say, that's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, let them get shot first. (laughs) But see, it made no sense, did it? Send out the praise singers. Send out the worshipers. Because God said, the battle's not yours. The battle belongs to me. And God was going to fight the battle. But I needed somebody to worship him and somebody to simply praise him and believe that he could do what he said. That's why God moves on you at certain times and just said, I just want you to worship me. I just want you to praise me. I know you're troubled. I know you're in pain. I know you're going through this or going through that. But do you realize that almost every time in Scripture, when you deal with worship, it's connected to a trial. Abraham said, I and the boy are going up yonder to what? We're going to go worship God. He's almighty. He can do anything. Many times, it's your worship that brings the miracle of whatever needs to transpire in your situation. Now, most people would say, you're crazy. What? Your wife's dying in the hospital, and you're out here in this hallway praising God? That's what he told me to do. So worship many times is connected to trials. And I'm going to worship my way out of this because that's what he's asked me to do. If God asked me to worship him, could I, could I phrase this in another way? I want you to worship me and trust me with this. If you're willing to worship him in the darkest days, what you're saying is I trust you in this situation that you're doing something bigger than me and greater than me, and I'm going to wait for that to unfold in my life. I'm here to yield to you, Lord. I'm here to give, give myself to you. Uh, uh, Elder Hart preached one Sunday morning dealing with submission, where uh, to submit because the word surrender is not in the Bible. I surrender all songs, all that. We sing all that. What God was looking for was submission. Will I submit to him? Submit my will to his will. Okay, if this is what you want, I'm going to do it. I may not understand why or how come or why me. Why are you choosing me? Why do I need to go through this trial? If I'm going through trials, God's taking imperfections out of my life. He's trying to answer your prayer, though it may not seem logical at the time in what you're going through. Where's God at? I don't feel God. You've got to learn to walk by faith somewhere. I love Pentecost, and there's a lot of emotion in Pentecost, a lot of feeling in Pentecost. But the Bible said the just shall walk by faith. It didn't say I walk by my feelings. And there will be times when you don't feel God, you still got to walk with God. There are deserts that we go through and dry places that we go through. I believe that is, do you love me because you feel me all the time? Do you love me because I'm doing all these things for you? Or do you love me because I took your place on Calvary? Do you love me for what I've done for you in salvation? I love blessings as much as anybody. But, but, but many times God is simply saying, I want you to trust me with this so that I can work this in your life. And, and it could be anything tonight. But 
But my hope would be tonight that if God is dealing with us, one person or 20 of us tonight, in obeying him, you would step out in faith tonight and say, okay, God, I'm here to submit myself to you. I've kind of beat my head against the wall. I've kind of ignored you. I'm kind of doing my own thing here a little bit, because, but I think this is the right thing to do. No, no, you don't walk by feelings. God, what do you want? Remember, Jacob deceived his father Isaac through feelings. You smell like Esau, but you talk like Joseph or Jacob. So when he put that skin, goat skin, around his neck and shoulders and everything, and his dad, who was dim in his eyes, felt him, he based his decision that he made on feelings. Feelings will get you in trouble. That's why you walk by faith and you walk in obedience to the word of God. Remember when I started out, how do I know I love God? Because I'm lining up with scripture. I have a foundation that I can come back to to tell me what is right and what is wrong. What is sin and what isn't sin. Almost everything is legal today in the church world. I had an elderly lady that we'd taken care of her apartment when I was working, and she was raised in an in a apostolic church as a young girl. And she made this statement to me. She said, when I was a little girl, everything was sin. Now that I'm an adult, nothing's sin. Because that's how far the world has tried to take the church. But we are a separated people and a holy people unto him. When I walk in obedience... I'm not going to be straying to the left or to the right because I'm going to come back to Scripture. Oh, it doesn't matter what you believe. It matters what you believe because that's a big thing people say. The new phrase I've caught witnessing to people and talking to people, in fact, in a service that I was at here a couple months ago, the, the pastor that was there got up and made this statement. He said, what you have to understand about preaching is that is simply their opinion of that verse. No, no, that verse has clarity. That, that verse has meaning. It's not how you interpret it. The Bible will interpret itself, and it'll tell you what that means. And you can't take a one verse and isolate in that one verse, because you're taking it out of context. you got to have two or three witnesses to that verse. Give me two or three more scriptures that talk about that in that way, and we'll look at it. But when you're just taking one scripture out of context on how to live your life and what you're going to do with your life, you've missed the mark because you're not in the book. I've read a, I've read a number of verses. I'm going, wow, what's that mean? Now i got to dig into it because face value, it doesn't make much sense. Now that I dig into it, I understand their custom, where they come from, why they would say it in that matter, why that would be required in that matter. See, because we got into the Word of God. You, you can't just, you know, the Bible, study to show yourself approved. You, you got to get in this book. You got to know what this thing says. Don't, don't, don't just, uh, I remember I had a lady come to me. I'd been pastoring about 17, 18 years now, and he comes to me and said, Pastor, you're just not feeding us anymore. Oh, really? Okay. And uh, I said, how much do you read your Bible? Well, well, I really don't. I don't have time. I, I got kids and stuff. Oh, really? How much are you praying? And she tells me, I said, oh, so you're relying only on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night for me to get you to heaven. When you have a God-given responsibility to be in the book. You've got to be in this book. If you're going to witness, if you're going to teach Bible study, you're going to be involved in kingdom work. You've got to know what it says. Now, we're, I'm still studying. I'm still working on it. I, I've got God helping me with new stuff. He's showing me this here, different things. Why? I'm hungry. I want to know. I'm going to finish strong. That's one of my prayers. About five years ago, I said, God, I'm not going to coast in if there's such a thing. Uh, I want to be about my father's business if the trumpet sounds or I go by the way of the grave. I believe somewhere you got to have that type of an attitude because it's easy. We'll just let somebody else do it. Brother Martin will take care of it. He'll teach all the Bible studies. He'll handle all the life. He'll take care of all that. Just let him do it. When God may say, no, 
You're going to gather a group of men, get a team together, and you're going to involve people. You're going to invest in people and watch the kingdom grow. It's all about him. So are we at Matthew chapter 2, uh, verse 22 through 23? This is the fourth time that the, uh, the Lord speaks to him through an angel. And when he heard that Carolus did reign in Judah in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in the city in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Now notice what he did here. God was giving him guidance and direction on where to go with his life. I'm going to name this one fulfillment. I have now fulfillment because now this is going to be home. We're not going to be moving around anymore, not going to Egypt and back and forth and around because of Herod and all the different things that were happening during that time. I believe there's fulfillment in your ministry. Not that you're done. I don't want to be misunderstood with that word. But there has to come some fulfillment, a sense of I'm where God wants me to be. I'm walking in that that God's asking me to walk in. There's got to come that fulfillment that I'm doing what God is asking me. This is the fourth time that God speaks to Joseph. And Joseph can say, I'm just simply doing what God's asking me to do. You know what's really interesting to me as, as a pastor, preacher? Do you realize you don't get to live where you want to? I was living in Monroe. I was building a retirement home. No intent, pastoring two churches, jail ministry. Things were rocking and rolling. I never dreamed, never dreamed till the Lord come to me that day and said, you're done. I'm sending you to Yakima, Washington. See, when you're bought with a price, you're no longer your own. And we have to be like Joseph. When God is dealing with us in our walk and in our lives. You see what I'm saying? You may think one way, but God's thinking another way when it really comes to where what he's wanting. Now, again, God's going to direct that. God's going to flow through ministry. I don't believe ever, but, you know, make sure you're hearing the will of God. Now, you can say this as, oh, you have little faith. But when this happened to me in Columbus, Ohio. And I've never done the fleece thing but this one time. Because I'm thinking, you've got to go home and resign two churches. <laughs> you're going to have to go home, resign jail ministry. You're going to have to find somebody to take your place. Because for me, you spent 20 years developing this ministry, and the next guy may come in and throw it all away. But the Lord allowed me to call a man in Oklahoma. Put him on my heart. I worked with him in Oregon. He had done prison ministry. He'd done life in focus. We flew him up. He preached and said he'd go home, pray and fast, seek God. Two weeks later, he called and he said, I'll come. But I'm laying on the floor at General Conference, just tears gushing out, God just dealing with me. And I said, God, would you send somebody to tell me? that I need to go to Yakima, Washington. Business meeting the next morning. And so I'm at the business meeting. Rachel and Kim are flying in to Columbus, and they're staying with me in the room, the hotel. So I got to go back and give them a key so they can get in. I walk out of that about 1030 in the afternoon. I'm walking down the street to go back to my, uh, go to the hotel to let them in. And I'm at Bishop at an intersection. Now, we knew each other, but we didn't know each other like we know each other today. But he spoke to me. You know what he said? God told me to tell you to go to Yakima, Washington. Confirmation. That was direction. Make sense? See what I'm saying? God can help us get into that realm. Now, so this is fulfillment in Joseph's life, and I think it becomes important. Um, now, Let's break down a few things that Joseph had, I'm not going to use the word had, that Joseph was willing to do. Because you first have to have a willing mind and a willing heart to obey God. you got to have that willingness. Okay, God, this is a step of faith and I'm going to do it. Now, Joseph sacrificed 
his dreams, his plans, his name, and his reputation to fulfill the will of God. Do you think when he's talking to his future wife, hey, babe, what do you think about moving to Egypt? <laughs> no, I believe he had other dreams. We're going to get a farm, and we're going to get some goats, and we're going to get a milk cow, and, and we're going to live it up, man. This is it. I, you know how we dream when we first get married. We're going to do all this stuff. But he gave it up. That was his will. That was what he would like to do. I remember when I came to God and I was still heavily involved in rodeo. You'd be amazed how many ways I tried to convince God that I could continue doing this. <laughs> I said, I could preach at the rodeos on Sunday where they have church. I mean, I'm working the angles. Didn't move God one inch. Because <laughs> that wasn't his plan. I was going to have to give up my dreams to fulfill his will, his dream for my life. So I want you to understand, Joseph gave up the dreams that he had. The second thing he gave up was the plans, plans he'd made, things he had laid out. God had come to him in this strategic time uh, to deal with him. Now, please understand what awesome it is that God was willing to use Joseph. It's just a little town. Nazareth had such a bad reputation. Remember, Nathaniel said, could any good thing come out of Nazareth? It's not even mentioned in the Old Testament. That, that's a village. That's down there. But God would go there because there's a young man named Joseph that loved God. And God said, I can use him. He's going to go through a little crushing. He's going to go through a little disappointment. <laughs> He's going to have to face some things. But we're going to look at the end of the story in a minute. You do not obey God without blessings. You do not obey God without him doing something wonderful in your life. Please understand that. Now, Joseph evidently did not live a long life. He was not at the cross. Because Jesus, talking to John, said, My mother, behold my mother, you take care of her. So evidently, Joseph had already passed away at this time. But again... History doesn't tell us when, or at least Scripture doesn't tell us anything about that. So that's why I said at the start, it's for a season. His name. He sacrificed, gave up his name. Why? Because your firstborn son would always be named after you. Oh, no, no, no. This is going to be Emmanuel, God with us. His name's going to be Jesus. Sorry, Joseph. <laughs> Not going to be calling him Joey. Mm-mm. Now, notice this. He was, he's listening to God. And God's dealing with him because this is somewhat turning his world upside down. Do you realize that God has to turn us upside down sometimes to get a hold of us? God has to turn our world inside out sometimes just to help me get better vision of the things of God, clarity in what God's wanting from me. If you're going through something difficult tonight, you're facing some things. And you may even be a little confused tonight. You may be even in a place where you're just, how could this be? You know what I would want you to do? I would just have you say, okay, Lord, whatever you want, yes. You're, you're trying to get a hold of my heart, my spirit, because you're wanting to lead me in a direction. And notice what happened. I'm now submitting myself to him. Lord, I'm saying, yes, I don't even understand how and where and really all that you're trying to do in my life right now. But what I'm here to tell you, Lord, is the answer is yes to whatever you're going to be asking and the direction you're trying to give and what you're trying to do. Because right now I'm stripped. <laughs> my reputation, my name, my plans, my dreams, they're gone. Okay? Now, his reputation. John 8, 41. His own city and townspeople said, you be born of fornication. Reputation. Evidently, there was a lot of chatter around town, okay? Notice what he did. You can't listen to what people are saying in town. You can't listen to what people are saying on the job. Please understand that. you got to hear the voice of God. People in the world, what we do doesn't make any sense to them. It sure didn't me when I was 20-some years old. You get crazy. <laughs> 
What do you mean running the aisle and jumping? Then I was at General Conference, saw my first real holy roller. <laughs> you know, the verse is said, and we've never seen it on this wise. That was the verse I was thinking of. I've never seen it on this wise. So, again, there's a lot of things that God has to do in our lives. Now, let's look at the blessings of God. Now, this would be hard for me to fathom personally. Could you imagine raising the Messiah? He already knows the end from the beginning. He already knows everything. Son, get the wood. Yeah, I already got it. Son, we got it, Dad. It's taken care of. But only one person would have the privilege and the honor to raise the Messiah in their home. Had he disobeyed God, he would have never got that honor. He would have never gotten that privilege. Now, catch this. Two of his natural sons, James and, and Jude, both writ, wrote epistles in the New Testament. God blessed his family richly, blessed on what? Simple obedience to whatever God was asking him to do. I wonder tonight if we could just let the Lord speak to us. Could we just stand? Bishop, do you want to close this? Or? We're thankful, Father. We're thankful, Father. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you take a seat for just a minute? What a beautiful, beautiful lesson tonight. Rich teaching. And so uh, prevalent for this hour. Um, I, I made comments on uh, Sunday in Puyallup about uh, a lot of the noise that we're hearing right now, we're hearing it on jobs, we're hearing it from neighbors. I was picking up a piece of wood at Hellison Lumber and ran into an old friend, young man, and he was nervous. He was nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof, and he said, man, we're thinking about going to Idaho. <laughs> I was coming, I was checking out of the hotel one day in Puyallup the first time I encountered this, but a guy was pushing his, you know, the the hotel cart with all his stuff on it, but he was he was so abrupt and so aggressive, and he was mad, obviously. But he pushed that thing into the elevator, and he said, I've just sold my house, and I'm moving to Idaho. And then he, you know, regurgitated all his feelings about what was happening in this world. And I'm hearing a lot of people talking about Montana, South Dakota, Idaho. But as was taught tonight, as believers, that's not necessarily our privilege. I was struck that after a year, and a, a year and a half in the church, having received the Holy Ghost, I went to visit my dad in New Jersey, and I went, I looked up in the, you know, the yellow pages, they didn't have Google search then. And so I went to this, the United Pentecostal Church down in Trenton, and I slipped in. They were already having church, and uh, they gave, somebody gave me a visitor's card, and I filled it out, and they took it and gave it to the guy that was up front. And he read the visitor's card, read my name, and four heads went like this. And I looked, and here it was, four of people that I drank with at the bar. And I wondered, why didn't you save me here? 
why did you have me go all the way out to Yakima, Washington, and then within six months lead me into a situation where I would be baptized, receive the Holy Ghost, except to come to the working knowledge that that's where it was God's purpose and design for me to be involved. It wasn't back there, even though all those friends, all those people I was hanging around with, I thought, man, if I'd have stuck around, I'd have been right there with them. But it just wasn't God's plan. And then through the years, the Lord has shown me that I'm going to lead you. I'm going to direct you. I'm going to direct your life. And so all this noise that we're hearing right now. Now, granted, there's probably a lot more on the west side than there is on the, in central Washington. Because people are wanting to get out. But if, you know, there were three Hebrew children that ended up in the midst of a fiery furnace because they were being obedient to what God was calling them to be and to do in that society, in that world, in that community. And so he directs our lives again. If we'll just ask him and wait on him and then be obedient to him, we'll know that we're exactly where we're supposed to be. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's pray in dismissal. Father, we're so thankful for this rich word tonight and for the expression of the Holy Ghost to lead us, to teach us, to guide us, to direct our lives, to give us peace. Peace for the now. Peace for the days ahead, Lord. It is you that we trust. It's you that we wait upon, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Ordering our steps, directing our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.